الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد الأنبياء والمسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان المدينة ما بعد Now I know everybody's very tired Inshallah You know but Inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward us immensely for seeking the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the early hours of the day Inshallah You know mashallah we've been doing ibadah all night and subhanAllah Allah has given us the tawfiq that to do ibadah even more after Salat al-Fajr Right? So khayr, inshallah. So for those of you who haven't been joining the class or are unable to join, inshallah, I'm going to go over the introduction really quickly so you guys can have an understanding of what we have been go- going over the past few days. If you, are, if you want to know more about the introduction, mashallah, Brother uh, Sahir and Brother Rahmat got together and, uh, and, and uh, my bad, Brother Nabil, my bad. You know, that, that was a given, mashallah. <laughs> right? All got together, mashallah, I made a podcast about this. Beautiful book, which is Bidayat al-Hidayah. So this book right here, Bidayat al-Hidayah, right, is by Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah ta'ala. Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah ta'ala, is such a person that he's recognized all over the world amongst Muslims and non-Muslims about his scholarship. SubhanAllah, the way his scholarship affected people, he was such a person that he learned the logic of Aristotle and Socrates, all these people. He learned it and he used it against them. And he wrote, and he wrote a book, The Incoherence of the Philosophers. SubhanAllah, we should read more about Imam Ghazali rahimahullah ta'ala right, and take benefit from this beautiful book. So I'm going to mention a few things inshallah uh, from the uh, introduction. So again, he says here, always uh, praying, praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillah, haqqa hamdihi wa salatu wa salamu ala muhammadin rasulihi wa abdihi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in ma ba'd. So he says, فَعَلَمْ أَيُّهَا الْحَرِيصِ عَلَى الْإِقْتِبَاسِ الْعِلْمِ الْمُظْهِرُ مِنْ نَفْسِهِ صِدْغَ الرَّغْبَةِ فِيهِ now, he says, understand very well, that person who is really wanting to seek knowledge now. We're all sitting here, alhamdulillah, we want to seek the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whenever I explain to you guys what is a hadith, who can explain to you what hadith is for those people who have been in the class? Hadith. What is hadith? Something you want very, very badly, right? We all want to sleep right now super badly. That is hadith. We really, really want it. فَعَلَمْ أَيُّهَا الْحَدِيثِ Right? On this journey of your knowledge, right? Now you have understood, you really want this knowledge. Right? That you, are, you who are desire, desirous of acquiring sacred knowledge, expressing in yourself a sincere longing and passionate thirst for it, know that in, uh, if your aim, he says, If you intend with this knowledge that you're learning here, Right? If you are sitting here right now and you are uh, from this session right here, if you are learning knowledge, للمنافسة. what is munafasa? Guys? Competition. Yes, mashallah. To compete. Right? To compete with other people. Right? To go ask shuyukh. You learn something in class. You're like, hey, by the way, do you know this? Right? Just to test their knowledge. Right? Or he says, mubahat. Um, Right? Or to show off that, look, I'm somebody. Uh, you know, I'm studying the book of Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah. what are you studying? Right? That's, that, that is mubahat. Right? To show off to people that, look, I'm somebody. When in reality, we're nobody. Right? And then he says, uh, To outdo your peers. Right? To outdo your peers. Right? If, I'm, if I am amongst my friends and my friends don't know anything, but because I know something, I think I'm some hot shot. Right? That's what he's saying. That... Now you're also if your intention for seeking this knowledge is to incline people towards yourself and to get people towards you as yourself. And your intention is to gather or you know collect any worldly means from seeking this knowledge. You are now rushing in destroying your deen. Right? You are rushing, you are in such a you are just waiting to destroy your deen if your intention is any of these four things. Right? What is the first thing that I mentioned? Al-Munafasa, to compete. Second one, Mubahat, to show off. Third thing was what? To show Outdo your peers. Outdo your peers. Fourth thing? Gain in this And the last one was to gain any single worldly desire from this. Then look, and what he says, وَإِهْلَاكِ uh, نَفْسِكْ And now what you're doing now, not only are you uh, rushing towards that, you're, de- you're destroying yourself. <coughs> you're destroying yourself in the eyes of Allah. And then this is very You are selling your akhirah for your dunya. You are selling your akhirah for your dunya. And then he goes here. He says, 
I'm just going to skip over uh, this a few parts here. Right? He says, That if, you, if this is your intention, right? if you really want to seek knowledge, and, but your intention is any of these five things, then know that not only you are, uh, are being affected, that you're destroying yourself, but your teacher himself is aiding and assisting you in uh, the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How is that so? The hadith of the Prophet Whosoever aids and assists somebody upon a single sin, to such an extent that he mentions Even if it's half a word that he uses Then He is involved in that act So if obviously when we are students of knowledge right, When we do something or we're do, The first thing that people real, uh, do Is point fingers at our teachers right? Point fingers at our teachers Even though we may not care much But our teachers get affected in the long run If you're a hafiz, if you're a student of deen If you're, knowledge, if you're learning the deen of Allah Then what's going to happen to you Right? They're, they're gonna, people are going to point fingers at you and point fingers at your teachers and your teachers' teachers. And that whole thing is going to be a whole mess. So don't ever, whenever we, now this, this path knowledge that we're taking, right? First thing, we should not take it for granted. Alhamdulillah. That the tulab al-ilm, that the seekers of knowledge have been given such a high ranking in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What did the, uh, what did the malaika do for these people? He says, he mentions here, وَإِن كَانَتْ نِيَّتُكَ وَقَصْتُكَ فِيمَا بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى مِن تَعَلُّمُ الْعِلْمِ if your intention is between you and Allah from seeking this knowledge is hidayah, guidance, right? Not just base, basic transmission. I'm not just sitting here and giving you guys a knowledge and that's it. Once you get up, it's a wrap, right? If your intention is to truly understand the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, truly unlock the mysteries of our deen, then look, he says here, what do the angels do for you? They spread their wings underneath your feet, right? Us, us people, we know how bad we are. We know our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We know how many mistakes we make in this dunya. But subhanAllah, Allah is ordering these angels to spread their wings underneath our feet, right? Such people like ourselves. Not only that, The fish in the sea, Make dua and seek your, your seek maghfirah for you. That Ya Allah forgive this person who is seeking your knowledge. Right? This is the ranking that a person, a student knowledge has. What was the hadith that Mufti Yusuf mentioned? That man salaka tariqan yaltamisu fihi ilman. Whosoever makes a path or treads a path, yaltamisu fihi ilman. In a he intends to seek the ilm of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What happens to that person? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes the path of Jannah easy for him. And this is what we want, right? We all want, we all want true salvation. This is what we're going to get from that. So I'm going to fast forward just a little bit. And then he says here that a student of knowledge is of three types. A student of knowledge is of three types. We're all sitting here as students of knowledge. Alhamdulillah, we are of three types. The first one is, رَجُلٌ طَلَبُهُ لِيَسْتَعِينَ بِهِ عَلَى حَيَاتِهِ الْعَاجِلَةِ Sorry, uh, that this per- the first person, uh, first student of knowledge is such a person that he is learning this knowledge to, for, and to gain these provisions for the akhirah. That whatever he's learning, whatever he's doing, he's doing it solely for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Renewing our intention. Right? Making sure that our intention is very, very clear. One thing that, one, one thing that happens is that when we are doing anything in life, we, make, we, we start off with a good niyyah and good intention, but it always becomes corrupt afterwards, right? And this is a very big problem amongst, amongst the youth nowadays. Like, you know, not only people that are doing other jobs, but are, are people, people in, this, in the field of knowledge as well. Imagine you have, you have an imam or somebody, like today, mashallah, this uncle is here. Right, I'm going to make sure I stretch the mud so loud for him that, you know, because I want to marry his daughter. So I'm going to stretch the mud extra long today. Right, I'm going to make sure I stretch that, yeah, so long, right? And then he's going he's to recognize me. Right? This, is what, this is how you destroy yourself. So, but he's saying here, don't be that person. The first person is what? what, is, what for him, what happens? He does not intend anything except the... Uh, he's only doing it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For that person, uh, what's going to happen to him? You've won. Subhanallah. You have become, you've done a good job. You are now successful in your journey. Because now when you're learning the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you have that true intention, remember I told you guys before that the first hadith that the scholars, of, uh, the scholars and muhadithin they put in their kitabs are innamal a'amalu bin niyat. 
that indeed all actions are based on an intention. If our intention is good with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshallah, our, 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 and we keep renewing our intention, just like the scholars uh, tell us to do, inshallah, we'll be good. And then the second person is who? He says, وَرَجُلُهُنْ طَلَبَهُ لِيَسْتَعِينَ بِهِ عَلَى حَيَاتِهِ الْعَاجِلَةِ وَيَنَالِ بِهِ الْعِزَّةِ وَالْجَاهَةِ وَالْمَالِ وَهُوَ عَالِمٌ بِذَلِكَ مُسْتَشْعِرٌ فِي قَلْبِهِ رَكَاكَةَ حَالِهِ وَخِسَّةَ مَقْصَدِهِ فَهَذَا مِنَ الْخَاطِرِينَ Well, second is a man who seeks knowledge to assist him in his present life and attain by it honor, good standing, and wealth. He is aware of what he is doing and feels in his heart that his state is not good and his intentions is not right. Right? He is of those who puts themselves in jeopardy. Right? Now this person, he's learning, again, knowledge to have him, to honor himself so people can give him respect so people can recognize him know that famous hadith of Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that the, one of the first three people that are going to come on the day of uh, Yawm Al-Qiyamah is going to be what? the alim the qari or alim the person who is knowledgeable the second one is who? the shaheed the person who died in the path of Allah and the last person a very charitable person one who used to do sadaqah a lot I'm going to focus on the alim part first. A person who has this knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Allah is going to ask him. Allah is going to tell him first that I have given you, given you so many blessings in life. I've given you the knowledge. I've given you all, this, this, all these other, other types of things. What have you done for my religion? So he's like, Ya Allah, I taught the deen, right? I taught people how to pray. I taught people how to read the Quran. I taught people how to do this. I taught people how to do that. Allah, you know what Allah is going to tell him? Allah is like, you're a liar. You only did that so people can recognize you. So people can call you Mawlana or Shaykh or Mufti or whatever. And you know what Allah is going to do to him? Allah is going to fling him face first in the fire of Jahannam. Allah is going to fling him in the fire of Jahannam. Allah doesn't even want to see this person. Right? Because of such an act. So that's what he's saying here. That this person knows in his heart that his intentions are not correct. He knows it for a fact that my intentions are not correct, that he has corrupt intentions. So he's putting himself at jeopardy between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that he says here... Yeah, and then he says, um, ah, This guy is a person, he's really playing with him, or he's playing with the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's really, really testing his luck here. Right? Now, if his death comes before, uh, before he's able to make tawbah, that's between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a wrap for him if he dies without making tawbah, right? Alhamdulillah, we have this concept of tawbah. A lot of the, of the previous ummas, the previous nations, they didn't have this concept. They would have to do a lot more, right? They would have to do a lot more to accept, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept their tawbah and repentance. But Allah has given us, Ya Allah, I make tawbah to you. I make tawbah, right? So Allah, please forgive me. This is all we have to do. We have to turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, right? So this is what's very, very important here. And remember this, that if we, uh, uh, to be amongst the Ummah of Rasulullah is a very, very big deal. It's a very big deal. You'll enter Jannah first, right? You'll get the Shafa'ah of Rasulullah Some prophets, they wanted to be amongst the Ummah of the Prophet And we've been given it on a silver platter. And look, yeah, alhamdulillah, we're all Muslims, right? We grew up as Muslims, right? But we need to understand what it is to be a Muslim. La ilaha illallah is not just a statement, it's a lifestyle, right? It is a lifestyle we need to live by. When I say there is no God except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when that lam at the beginning is to nephew the jinns, to negate every single species except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? That, that, that shows that, like I said before, la ilaha illallah is something that we live by. Muhammad Rasulullah is that we follow the beautiful example. That assuredly Allah is telling us, assuredly for you in the Prophet is a very, very beautiful example. That every single thing that we've been through, we think we're having a tough time in life. We think that we're, that, you know, we're going through so much. Look at the life of Rasulullah for a second. He's been through so much. Right? From, the, from, his, from before he passed away, his father had died. Then at the age of six, what happens? His mother passes away. And this is a very sad story, subhanAllah. Right? I want you guys to understand what our Prophet had to go through. And whenever we feel like we're going through something, look back at his life. Rasulullah one day was walking with his mother. Right? And all of a sudden, she had a heart attack. She had, imagine at the age of six, you're somewhere in the desert, alone, right, with Umm Ayman, anha, and his mom, Amin anha, and Rasulullah And now what happens, she has a heart attack. And Rasulullah gets worried, and then she tells Rasulullah that, look, I know you're going to bring light into this world one day. And then she passes away. And now look at Rasulullah He's crying so much, right? He lost his mother at, mother at the age of six. Umm Ayman narrates that she was... Every time, she, they bur- when they buried her mother, his mother, right? It was on top of a hill. Every time she tried to bring Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam down, 
she, he would run back up and he would be crying on the grave of his mother that, oh mother, you left me. I had nobody. Right? I had no one before you. And now you left me. Who am I supposed to go to? Right? Who am I supposed to go to? Alhamdulillah, we have our parents and we have other things. Ask somebody who lost their parents. Ask somebody who's been going through this. If you can't ask anybody, go to the, go to the life of Rasulullah Right? This is what it means to be a Muslim. To understand that La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah is something that we have to live by. It is our lifestyle. Alright, and now the third thing that he mentions here, he says, it's not too late for this person, by the way, the second type. If he makes tawbah, inshallah, Allah will forgive him because we know Allah is Ghafur Rahim. The third person is what? Istahwada alayhi shaitan. Right, he says here that the shaitan has completely overtaken him. He's lost to shaitan. Shaitan has completely overtaken him. Well, how? How, how is it such? He says, He takes his knowledge as a means of gaining wealth. That he can attain wealth. Not only that, right? he can take it as fakhr and pride over other people. And then he says that, you know, he takes it as izzah. Like, he, he, once he gets a lot of followers, he feels like, I'm the man, bro. Like, that's it. I am the man. Allah hates this type of person. Right? And you know how uh, Mufti Saab, he was telling us that, you know, outwardly people look like they have knowledge just because of what they're wearing and stuff like that. But that's not the case all the time. We need to make sure that we're ever seeking knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should understand that what, uh, these people that we should be learning from are those who have a direct chain link back to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa That his teacher, that his teacher learned from his teacher and who learned from them all the way back to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa This, these are the people we should be learning our deen from, right? Not Google, right? Google is the first place where a person makes a mistake. And let me go search up on Google. And I told these guys before that Anybody can put anything up on Google. Anybody. The stuff you will find on Google, subhanAllah. Like, it's just like, it's unimaginable what you can find. So, yeah, be, be, that's what he's saying. Be aware of these things. And then he mentions one beautiful hadith here. And he says, He says that, There are some that I fear more for you than I do a Dajjal. Everybody know Dajjal? Raise your hand if you don't know what Dajjal is. Dajjal is the Antichrist who came, who's going to come inshallah and he promised that he's going to try to misguide everybody. It's the biggest test for the believers to ever face, step foot on this earth inshallah. You got it? So khayr. Everybody else knows Dajjal, right? So now here Rasulullah says, this is very, everybody, this is such a beautiful thing that Rasulullah is saying here. That I fear, there are some that I fear more uh, uh, for you more than I do Dajjal. So the people ask, well, whom, ya Rasulullah, who are these people that you're talking about? He says, Qala ulama Those evil scholars. The evil, evil scholars. Why is that? He says, because Dajjal, his end goal is to misguide all of us. Right? And we know that. We know Dajjal is here to misguide every single one of us. But what the difference is between Dajjal and a scholar is that we won't be able to tell that the scholar is misguiding us. We will not be able to tell. Right, the only way we can tell the jal is because the hadith tells us. He says, فَهُوَ دَاعٍ لَهُمْ إِلَيْهَا بِأَعْمَالِهِ وَأَحْوَالِهِ وَلِسَانَ الْحَالِ أَنْتَقُ مِنْ لِسَانِ الْمَقَالِ Remember I told you guys to, say, uh, to memorize this? The لسان, وَلِسَانُ الْحَالِ أَنْتَقُ مِنْ لِسَانِ الْمَقَالِ Right? The actions speak louder than words. People are automatically inclined towards the actions of people. MashaAllah, this guy's praying so many raka'at of tahajjud and all, whatever. MashaAllah, this guy is doing this and he's doing that. No, that, that, that doesn't matter, right? And this person can do whatever and people are automatically inclined when they see that. So we, obviously we will not know other people's intentions, right? We will not know other people's intentions. But we can take heed from the warning of Imam Ghazali that do not be amongst these people. Do not be amongst these people that I have mentioned here. Don't be amongst these people who, you know, what's it called? Uh, who call themselves towards, uh, who call towards themselves, other, uh, not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because a true alim, a true scholar, a, a person with true scholarship will call them, your, uh, other people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To call people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the definition of a person who is seeking knowledge. Not a person that, he, not the last two people that he mentioned. Not the person who is, you know, he knows his intentions are corrupt. That, you know, I, I have this need and I have this worldly gain. But he still understands that he has a mistake. Or he understands that there is a deficiency in his intention. And the third person, what does he mention? That he thinks he's amongst the muhsineen. He thinks that, oh subhanAllah, I have such a high ranking in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm good, right? I don't have to worry about my connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? I don't have to worry about anything else. I'm good in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But in reality, he has gone so 
far in the traps of his nafs, right? And his carnal desires that he doesn't even see his mistake. And this is what our nafs and our carnal desires can delude us to. Our nafs, and I was explaining to a few of these guys before, that our nafs is kind of like an animal, right? If we don't cage up that animal, it's going to go haywire. Right? It's going to go crazy. And that's how insan works. That if we don't suppress our carnal desires, it's just going to go so bad for us, we're going to keep going and falling into the traps of our nafs over and over and over and over again. Until what? We have to face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in the Holy Quran, hawa. Have you not seen that person who has taken his Lord as his desires? As his desires. How is that so? Because whenever our nafs wants something, we keep on feeding it. Oh, I want to do this. All right, go ahead. I want to do that. Go ahead. The, the, the hadith of Prophet mentioned so beautifully that when somebody does something wrong, right? When the Banu Adam commits a sin, there's a black dot that shows up on his heart. Not his actual heart itself, but his spiritual heart. We need to understand the two. One is our physical heart and one is our spiritual heart. A black dot shows up, you're not going to see it through an x-ray or an MRI if there's an actual black dot in your heart. This is the spiritual heart we're talking about. That once we do something wrong, that black dot shows up on our heart. And if we do not make tawbah and repentance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that black dot, this dot of darkness becomes bigger and bigger and bigger until what? It completely covers our heart and we are so far gone that we don't, when we commit a sin, we don't even feel bad for committing that sin. Astaghfirullah, in the month of Ramadan, we are talking bad about pe behind people's back. We are saying this about somebody. We are doing this, right? We're still listening to music. We're doing that. Why? And shaitan is locked up, by the way. Well, as soon as the shayateen, as the hadith mentions, right? Shayateen have been locked up. So who is there to blame? Remember how Mufti Saab was mentioning that who is there to, who is there to uh, deceive shaitan? Who is there to deceive shaitan? Because shaitan was this, it was a misconception there before, right? The shaitan wasn't existing before. But who was there? It was his nafs. It's our nafs that makes us think that we're something. Imam Ghazali does an amazing job to remind us that you're nothing. That we are absolutely nothing. We are servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah, whatever position He has given us, that, that's what we should remain in. That humble yourself. Humble ourselves. Man Whosoever humbles himself, Allah will increase him in his ranking. Whosoever has his pride, Allah will put him down. In another hadith, hadith Qudsi, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Al-kibriya'u ridai. Right? Al-kibriya'u ridai. That my, the pride is my garment. Right? So now what's happening when we're, when we're building a pride in our heart? We're pulling at the garment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And subhanAllah, what a dangerous thing to do. So whenever we think we're something in life, remember the words of Imam Ghazali. Humble yourself. You're nobody. Remind yourself over and over again. Right? That just remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is everything and that we are nothing, inshaAllah. And then he says here, So he says, What is the beginning of guidance that I may test myself thereby? Understand very well, That what is the beginning of hidayah? Right? Now, we, now alhamdulillah, we started this journey of what hidayah is. It is ظاهر taqwa he says here that you have to have taqwa outwardly right not just to show people but the taqwa meaning that we need to show we need to understand that our actions reflect who we are and we are the followers of Rasulullah right you know I ever see sometimes like you know if you're doing something wrong and people know you're Muslim wow I don't know Islam says that I don't know I don't know Muslims like are supposed to do that right people say that all the time about Islam so now we're representing Islam so this is the first thing he says. You want to start off with hidayah? Zahir taqwa Have taqwa outwardly. And then he says, when And then at the end of that, have batin taqwa That you have inner taqwa as well. That your limbs, right? That your limbs, that your ears. And Imam Ghazali mentioned something very, very beautiful here. He says, become the king of your heart. Become the kings of your heart. How is that so? We don't want our, our heart who is completely blackened and does, uh, has no, who is completely numb to committing sins to be our king. We want to become the kings of our heart in the sense that we control what we do. Our nafs does not control it. We control it at the end of the day. This is how we should be. Right? And remember these words he says here. And now continuing on inshaAllah, uh, getting into the, uh, getting to the ta'at, uh, what's it called? Uh, the ta'at. And I mentioned, he mentioned something very beautiful. He says, You will never reach all student of knowledge. Right? All person who is seeking this beautiful knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
to you'll never you'll never be able to truly uh, uh, give its right uh, to the to the uh, commands of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. You'll never be able to uh, uh, do right by them. إِلَّا بِمُرَاقَبَةِ قَلْبِكَ وَجَوَارِحِكَ فِي لَحَظَاتِكَ وَأَنْفَاسِكَ مِنْ حِينَ مِنْ حِينِ تُمْسِي إِلَى تُصْبِحَ تُصْبِحَ You will never be able to truly, uh, you know, uphold the commandments of Allah up until what? What happens? Until you monitor your heart. Right? Until you monitor your heart and limbs in, uh, in, in your every moment and every breath. From the time you wake up to the time you sleep. Remember I told you guys yesterday, what did I tell you guys to make? A checklist, right? Make a checklist for yourself. It's very, very important, right? Because we want to know the a'mal we have done throughout the day. Starting from tahajjud, okay. Alhamdulillah, I prayed tahajjud, done. I prayed for Salat al-Fajr, I read my Quran, I did my dhikr after Fajr, I fell asleep, I prayed my duhr. Make a checklist for yourself. Once at the end of the day we see that checklist, alhamdulillah, we're going to be so <laughs> satisfied. Because we, now we see we are making a difference. And then keep adding to that checklist. As our iman's quality becomes stronger, add more to that checklist. Right? Now that you're able to do, read Quran. Okay, I'll keep, I'm reading one page today, inshallah. As my iman continues, I can read two pages tomorrow. Right? And so, and that's what he's saying here. Monitor your heart at all times. And at night before you go to sleep, he says, Omar uh, mentions what? That make sure you take yourself into account at night before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes you to account. Take yourself into account before Allah takes you into account. Because we don't want Allah to take us into account on Yom Qiyamah. And when we have such a, our deeds, our bad deeds are so, so high, we can't even say anything. Right? So take yourself into account at night. But what did I do to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You know, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa he mentions that, Wallahi, inni la astaghfirullah wa atubu ilayhi fi al-yawmi akthara min sab'ina marwa. That by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I make tawbah to Allah and I repent. I, 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 I make tawbah and I make istighfar and seek Allah's forgiveness in one day more than how many times? Sab'ina marwa. More than 70 times a day. And this is the Prophet This is subhanAllah that he's mentioning here that Rasulullah has complete isma. You know guys what isma is? Isma or asim is, some, is a person who is protected by Allah from committing a sin. We know the Prophets, they cannot commit a sin, right? We know that for a fact. The Prophets cannot commit a sin. But we don't have that same feature. Allah has not equipped us with the isma, right? It doesn't come like that. It's not a perk we can unlock, right? It's nothing like that. So subhanAllah, we need to understand that I need to make tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if I've done something wrong. At the end of the day, before I go to sleep, let me think about this. And, so, and I'm going to end off with this, subhanAllah, that the, the, the scholars, the, uh, they mentioned that you should make muraqabatul maut. You know what muraqabatul maut is? It's such a thing that before you go to sleep, imagine you're going to die. Imagine, just put your blanket over your head, turn the lights off, imagine now, I'm going to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? I'm going to Allah. You know, I, I actually told, mashallah, Brother Samir did a very big favor upon a lot of people that he actually took you all to the graveyard and then he put you guys in the, in the, in the ground, I believe, right, Brother Samir? Right, yeah, and then subhanAllah, I heard a lot of people because of that, it really affected them. Now imagine every night before you go to sleep, I put, put the blanket over your head, turn the lights off, and just, I'm in the qabr, right? I'm in the grave. And, I have, and this, is a, this is a reality. This is not something which is fake. This is something we're all going to have to deal with one day. This is the reality of life. And the adab of the qabr is so crazy. The punishment of the grave. Imagine, God forbid, we do not, we are unable to answer those three questions of the malaika. Man rabbuk, ma dinuk, and who is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Imagine if we get one of those questions wrong. The punishment of the grave is such that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will close the grave and the hadith mentions that our rib cage will collide like this. Just like this. And not only that, it gets worse. That, uh, not only does the qabr crush it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends such a creation upon you, which is death, dumb and blind and he has a rod he has a rod and what is this rod what does he do his job is to strike you from the from now uh, from the time in the grave till yom qiyamah and this rod is such a thing that if a, a, the, if the angel were to strike a mountain with it it will turn into dust it will turn into dust completely gone a mountain and look at us we're not built like mountains right we're so frail and it's made of bones and subhanallah and there's, you're going to be screaming and everything except the jinn and mankind are going to be able to hear you. Except the jinn and mankind because they're still alive. But you're going to be screaming and screaming and screaming and no one's going to be able to do anything about it. And this, yes? Sorry, um, this was like referring to what you said uh, before. You said like, uh, you said all prophets are sinless, right? Yes. Like they can't, they can't sin. But like, uh, didn't, didn't like the prophets prior to the prophet Muhammad, did they have, they had sin, right? Like, so that's not, yeah. 
Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And yeah, so that and the ulama have talked about that. That's that's called an ijtihadi mistake, a mistake that based uh, they weren't able to. It's not it's not a sin, right? A sin is something you do deliberately. A mistake is something that you do on accident, right? It's something that you 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 do on complete accident, right? So ijtihadi like based on their what's it called um ijtihad. How would I explain ijtihad? Their logic. Yeah, based on based on based off their logic, they're like, okay, maybe this is right, but they did not sin. That's not a sin. Okay, a sin is doing that you're doing something on purpose. Here, they they made a, uh, a mistake on their judgment. There's like a lesson that came out. Yeah, there's a lesson. It, it's, they made a mistake based off their judgment, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala corrected them right away, okay. right? But we don't have that, like I mentioned, right? So, so yeah, what's up? Yeah, so when you enter the, the grave initially, right? The grave will give you a squeeze, but it's like a welcoming squeeze. Welcome, this is your home now. But for those people who don't get to, who lived a very bad life, right? That's going to be their, that's going to be their punishment. The grave is going to enclose on them. For the people that are good, subhanAllah, right? Allah will open up the grave for you as far as you can see, right? And not only that, Allah will open up a window of Jannah for you. Right? They'll open up a window and then Allah will appoint the most handsome being to accompany you to Yom Right? And so I, I, just, I want to mention this one thing. You know, somebody asked me about this. That what if somebody wants to memorize the Quran? Right? If somebody wants to memorize the Quran in life or learn about the Quran and he really, but he dies before then. Right? If this person is memorizing the Quran or learning about Quran and Allah takes his life, Allah will appoint, appoint an angel to sit with you and finish the memorization of the Quran. And on the day of Qiyamah, Allah will raise you amongst the Hufal. This is how merciful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to us. It's just a matter of our realization. That do we, is this what we want? We want the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inshallah, I'm going to end off with the last hadith about the grave. About Uthman, you have another question? Yeah, um, you said uh, when they scream in the grave, the men won't be able to kill them. I remember uh, hearing this hadith from uh, a friend. Mm-hmm. He said that the suicide was walking with some companions. And he came across a couple of graves. And then... Um, I don't know the exactly, mm-hmm. but he said something like uh, to his companions, if, if you were to hear the screams of these people, it would like shock you or something. Yeah. So, Rasulullah was able to. Yeah, so for Rasulullah, he had a different. So he's, a, he's a prophet. Right. I'm talking about the layman here. Okay. Right? The Prophet, he, like, he was able to hear certain things. Right? One time, this is, this, is, this is crazy. One time, the Sahaba and Rasulullah were walking, and Rasulullah. And this is at some instances Allah SWT even shows the layman what he's able to do. Some the, the Sahaba and Rasulullah heard a big noise, right? Like a noise. And the Sahaba asked the Rasulullah, what was that? Right? So he said, This was a, a rock or a, a pebble, or you want to call it, that was dropped into Jahannam 70 years ago. And it just reached the bottom. SubhanAllah, right? So Allah, when He wants us to hear something, He'll make us hear it, right? So here he wanted Rasulullah to hear so he can show the Prophet, uh, to, uh, to show the uh, Sahaba that this is what happens to those people who, what's it called, um, who sin and uh, disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I'm going to end off this final hadith inshallah, that Uthman he one time he was standing over a grave and he was crying so much that his beard was drenched in tears. And his freed slave Hani came and he said, Oh Uthman, oh Amir al-Mu'mineen, we talk about Jahannam all the time and you don't cry. And then we talk about Jannah and you don't cry. But when it comes to the grave, why do you cry so much? Right? It's a pretty logical question, right? Like if we talk about Jahannam, you don't cry at all. But he said, look, he said, look, this right here, this is the first manzil of the Akhirah. This is the first stage of the Akhirah. If something were to go wrong in here, then everything after that is going to go wrong. Right? Imagine, everything after that means that we, we got the punishment of the grave. And then after that, we get to Qiyamah. Then we get our book in our left hand. Then we talked about the Bridge of Sirat. Cross the British Sirat, na'udhu billah. There's, and one thing I wanted to mention about the British Sirat that I mentioned last week. There is going to be hooks on the British Sirat trying to get at you. You know what these hooks are going to be? The sins that we committed in this dunya. The sins that we committed in this dunya are going to be those hooks. Those same hooks, those same sins that gave us pleasure and gave us so much, you know, just for a few minutes. Those same hooks are going to be there on the Yom Al-Qiyam, on the British Sirat trying to pull us down and yank us in. That is the reality of these things. And not only that, getting into the fire of Jahannam. The fire of Jahannam is not some regular fire of this dunya. It's not a campfire. It's not a fire you see on your stove. It is such a crazy... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has burnt it thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Until it's become black. Right? That's what Hadith mentions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has burnt it for so many years that it's now completely black. And it's very, very scary to hear about. Very, very scary. 
the, the fire, if we can talk, if, we were, if I were to continue here, talk about the fire of Jahannam, we could go all day. And subhanAllah, it is just a matter of us waking up. Alright? Imagine that. <coughs> what is that one ayah in Surah, um, surah Al-Dukhan? When it talks about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will... Um, you know what I'm talking about? When he talks about, <laughs> when he talks about uh, you know, when the, the fire of Jahannam will ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is there more? Surah uh, Qaf, sorry, yeah. Yes. Yeah, on the day we will say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah is saying here that we will say to the fire of Jahannam, are you full? No, no, no. Yeah, Allah, is there more? And then what is the hadith? Allah will put his foot, however Allah's foot, Mubarak is Allahu Alam, we don't know. Right? Allah will put his foot on the, on the fire of Jahannam and after that it will stop. He gets, yeah, Allah, I'm full. SubhanAllah. And I'm going to end off the last part of the hadith. And he says, if every single thing were to go right, if something goes, everything goes right in the grave, inshallah, everything after that will go right. And then he mentioned this the quote of Rasulullah. I have not seen such a sight except that the grave is more detestable than that sight. Right? So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to really wake us up as students of knowledge. Not only students of knowledge, but just true Muslims. Remember I said, La ilaha illallah is what? A way of life. A way of life. It's a lifestyle. Right? It's not just a statement. It's not just something we just say and that's it. It's a lifestyle. We are Muslims. We represent the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We represent Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imagine, because of us, someone gets something to say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Oh look, you guys Muslims, you guys have this Allah like... I don't, I don't believe in all this. All right, so may Allah give us tawfiq. Jazakallah khairan. Wa akhir da'a Yes? Very important in the end of the prayer, have to Yes, so mashallah, brother just mentioned here. Very, very important. Yeah. So, yeah, I really appreciate so much, Akhi. So he mentioned something very, very beautiful here. That we want to seek refuge from the fire of Jahannam and all these He says, after your prayer, always say, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min a'adhabi Jahannam. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from the fire of Jahannam. Wa a'udhu bika min a'adhabi al-qabr. I seek refuge in you from the a'adhabi al-qabr. Wa a'udhu bika min al-fitnat al-mahiyam al-mamat. Wa a'udhu bika min al-fitnat al-masih al-dajjal. And I seek refuge from the mahiyam al-mamat and dajjal. So all these different types of things, when we make these du'as, Inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala well, Inshallah Allah accepts our du'as In our efforts Right To Seek knowledge right? And like I said You guys are all students of knowledge MashaAllah Alhamdulillah We are all students of knowledge here And I said The rank we have in Allah uh, In front of Allah And Let's inshallah Try to act like students of knowledge Right inshallah Yeah what's up What was that um, That one phrase Lisan al-hal uh, What was it uh, Lisan al-hal Antaqu min lisan al-maqal Antaqu min lisan al-maqal Maqal is a statement, like something you say. Basically, actions speak louder than words. So I heard, I don't know if this is true or not, like I just heard it from someone from a while ago, I don't know if I remember it too completely, but I heard that like if you're in the grave and you know, you didn't live a really good life or anything, and like one of the signs is that like, that you're in Jahannam is that like, while you're in the grave, there's like um, creatures or something like uh, scorpions or snakes that go around your grave or not? I don't know if it's true or not. But. Um, I don't remember that off the top of my head. But I'm not, I, I think I heard that somewhere, but I'm not too sure. Inshallah, <laughs> if I remember, I'll get back to you. Uh, what's it called? Um, yeah, but the adab of the qabr, man, it's not, it's not something to take lightly, right? Because remember... Huh? So I heard uh, another, another thing yeah. is that... Um, so if you have the intention to memorize the Qur'an, like you mentioned before too, um, Basically, like if you have the intention to memorize the Quran, but you pass away before that, you die as a hufaz. Yeah. So Allah subhanahu wa taala, like I said, He will appoint an angel for you, so you can memorize and finish the Quran in your grave, and Allah subhanahu wa taala will raise you amongst the hufaz, right? And then who are the hufaz? Who are these? You know, we just talk about hafiz, like we say hafiz Umar, hafiz Huzaifa, hafiz Fawaz. What are these hufaz? What is the you know? And to surround yourself with these people. Right? I'm not saying I'm anything. All right? and like I said, I'm definitely not anything. Remember, Imam Ghazali says, humble yourself over and over and over again. Right? I'm a nobody. Keep that in mind. Right? So he says, who are these Hufad, by the way? He says, Hum Ahlullah. These are the family of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The family. Allah is declaring you as his family. And his specific, specific servants. Allah has given them such an honor that they will be able to emancipate 10 people from the fire of Jahannam. 
All right, so if you guys better have a good relationship with Fawaz, inshallah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right? It's all, yeah, what's up, man? Is it just uh, they memorize it or do you have to implement it? No, of course, that comes with implementation. We can memorize the Quran, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because remember, I, I mentioned in this previous class that the Quran in ma'asiyah and sinning cannot be in the same heart. There's no way it can be in the same heart. And I was telling Fawaz this hadith when we were talking, inshallah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Rasulullah said, beautiful hadith, when you forget the Quran or some portion, don't say nasitu, don't say I forgot. That I was made to forget. That Allah does not deem you worthy of holding the Quran in your heart. So that's what, that's what the Hadith of the Prophet mentions. Any other questions? Yeah, what's that, man? Uh, you mentioned earlier about uh, competing. Mm-hmm. Uh, competing in, in like, uh, uh, Olympics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've come to say, shouldn't you compete with your brother in, 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 in a sense of, oh, um, as an example, like, after five minutes, we sit down to do a zikr. I should. I, I'm not gonna stand up until yeah. until he. See, that's up. good. That's mashallah. That's a very good question, mashallah, brother. There was actually two sahabi radhiyallahu uh, The brother was asking. He's saying that what if you compete in good? Right? What if you compete in good actions? There's two sahabi radhiyallahu that these both sahaba radhiyallahu told that the hadith mentioned they were entered into jannah for this same reason that the sahaba they always compete with one another. And one time it's like, oh, this guy's praying salah. I'm gonna pray more than him. This guy's reading Quran, I'm reading more than him. SubhanAllah, the way that they died is so beautiful. That one time there was a battle. And the, the Sahabi, he, got, he, got, he became a prisoner of war. And the Mushrikeen were about to kill him. So he was laughing. He was laughing and smiling and having a good time. And he said, what, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Right? <laughs> Why are you laughing? You're about to die. He said, he said, Alhamdulillah, I will die and get to Allah before my, before my friend does. <laughs> and he said, you know what's crazy? Another guy was saying that before you. And then he started crying, subhanAllah. He started crying, he's like, oh, come on, man. Like, you know, yeah, subhanAllah. So you see, always competing in good actions, that's very, very good. Right? Because that it motivates one another to get closer to Allah, subhanAllah. So that was a very good question. You have a question, Masha'Allah? I, I just uh, wanted to add, um, hopefully you can help us. Inshallah. I had a teacher, and we talked about nafs earlier. Allah has put good in us, within us. Mm-hmm. There's this feeling when we commit a sin or when we do something bad, there's a feeling that tells us, I didn't do something good. Hmm. And the teacher was telling us that pay very close attention to it. Don't suppress that feeling. Hmm. Naturally, when we feel bad, we try to find something to kind of, right, like, we do something bad. Try to find an excuse. You know what, I'm going to go play ball a little bit and play some video games just so that I can ignore those. Don't suppress that feeling. Pay attention to it. Because you suppress it over time, over time, that fikra, that, that nafs mm-hmm. becomes, it's like a hard dimension, it blackens. Yeah. And it gets to a time where you do all these things, you don't get that feeling anymore. Exactly. You become numb to that feeling, like the brother's saying, right? That you become numb to it. You're like, you know what? Is this, am I even committing a sin, bro? Like, you know, I'm, just, I'm over here committing sins on a regular basis. This is what we do, right? We commit sins after sins after sins after sins. And we become numb. If you don't suppress that feeling from before that, I cannot believe that I did this knowing that Allah is watching. That beautiful poem that Imam Ahmad, that the person came to Imam Ahmad and recited. You know, the biggest, part, the biggest thing is that when we commit sins, like we think we're alone. Right? A lot of times when sins take place, they take, a lo- they take place alone. Right? We think, and Imam Ahmad, the way he made this poem, subhanAllah, is so beautiful. He says, When my Lord, after I pass away, when my Lord will say to me, Did you not feel shy from disobeying me? How so? That you brought, you hid the sin from the creation. Yeah, good job. Nobody saw you. But you brought the sin to me. And subhanAllah, this is literally, like, this is such a beautiful example because you see how, if, we, if someone had a camera on us 24-7, right? A person had a camera on us 24-7, would we do anything wrong? I know, right? Nothing. We do because we know we're being watched. But we know we're being watched by Allah, yet we still commit sins. So are we, fear, we fear the creation more than the Creator Himself. SubhanAllah, right? That's what, that's what He's saying here. You hid the sin from my creation. Good job. But you brought the sin to me anyway. How will I answer now? All my destruction... Right? Who's going to protect me now? Right? Like the brother mentioned, I gave my nafs hope from time to time. Yeah, don't worry, inshallah. Right? Like you mentioned before, don't worry, inshallah. Inshallah, I'll make tawbah sometime. I have time, inshallah. The procrastination of a believer is, so, is the biggest, you know, the biggest uh, misconception. It's the biggest, you know, you're lying to yourself. 
right? The biggest deception, the procrastination that we, can, that we do on a regular basis. Inshallah, I'll make tawbah to Allah. I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And before we know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take our life. Right? I forgot the, what's going to happen to me after I die. After they bury me, after they put me in my coffin. It's as if I thought I was going to live forever. That's what we think, right? We're not going to die, right? We're going to live forever. Right? That mot is not going to come to you. Right? So always be mindful of these things. Always keep a foot on your nafs. Because no matter what happens, as soon as our nafs gets, gets loose, it's a wrap. Alright, so always put a foot on your nafs. And yeah, what's up, man? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have a question. What's up, bro? It's totally uh, like non-volatile. Yeah. But uh, can we pray? Can you pray? Uh, how long can you pray Shirak? Uh, is it sunrise yet? It's past. It's past. So usually the scholars say wait about 10 15 minutes after sunrise. Okay. Yeah, so then, then you can pray. Is it? How, how long until? Like, oh, how long until? Like, like, how, until how long? Like, can I still pray? <clears throat> Well, Ishraq and, and Duha time can last until Zawal. Right? Zawal is when like the sun is at its midpoint in the sky and right after the Dohr starts. Okay. Right? So up until that time. Because that midpoint, midway point is you're not allowed to pray at Zawal time. Right? You cannot pray at that time. So you can pray up until then. So like 15 minutes until like 15 minutes before Dohr. Yeah, until, until 15 minutes before Dohr. Okay, okay. And then after that, inshallah, you can pray your Dohr Salah. No, 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 don't worry, inshallah. I'm, I'm just going on a rant for no reason, honestly. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, but inshallah. You got to be in the Timmy's spot where you pray for You get the reward for that, yeah. You, that's what you get. I forgot that. Uh, it was a hadith in there by Hassan Adilanhum, but I forgot. If anybody can remind me, inshallah. Is the word Hajj? I think it was the word Hajj. Lord Hajj? Oh, yeah, oh, inshallah. I think I something I like that, sure. right? You get the reward if you pray Fajr in congregation. If you pray after you get the reward of the Fajr. MashaAllah. See, there you go. There you go. So, inshallah, if you remain in your spot. With the Prophet, I think. Is that what the Prophet said? Uh, no, no, no. That's, that's a different word. Uh, so, inshallah, uh, that's, that's, that's one more normal one. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, what's that? No, no, no. When you're in the same spot, I had never heard of that. When you're in the same spot, you mean like, literally where I pray Fajr, or like, for example, I'm praying in the. No, it's like, you know, when you finish your Salat al Fajr and you sit in your spot until Ishraq time. But I'm going to find the hadith for you, inshallah, and I'll send it to you. Right, inshallah? Any other questions? Good? I think. Yeah, well, yes, Safi. Of course. Remember that? Remember the hadith I talked about when I talked about the Jannah and we talked about this blessed gathering? What do the angels do? Who remembers? Come and they listen. What? They make dua for you. They make dua for you. They go back to Allah. Stack on top of each other until what? They reach who? Allah. And then what did they, what did they tell Allah? What we're talking about. Yeah, okay. Allah already knows what we're talking about, right? Yes. Allah yeah. yeah, Allah asked them anyway. Like, you know, what are these people talking about? Even though Allah already, Allah already knows what we're talking about, but He asks anyway. He says, yeah, Allah, these people are, what are they doing? Seeking refuge from your fire of Jahannam. It's okay. Uh, it's alright. It happens sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one. Which one? That's the one on top. Oh, this is about the Ishaq one? Yeah. Inshallah. Can you send it to me? I'm just going to finish off this hadith, inshallah. Uh, yeah. So Allah already knows what's going on, right? But they asks, he asks anyway, what are these people, you know, what are they talking about? Ya Allah, they're seeking refuge from your fire of Jahannam. Have you seen my fire of Jahannam? No, Ya Allah. Okay. And then Allah asks again, what else are these people talking about, Ali? Yeah, talking about Allah are talking about your Jannah. Right? Talking about your Jannah. Have they seen my Jannah? Allah asks. No, Ya Allah, they have not seen my Jannah. So what does Allah do? Anybody? Allah makes the angels witness that I have forgiven these people. Not only that person, but the person who just be, might, might be just walking by right here, outside of the masjid, right? Maybe talking to somebody on the phone. Allah knows what He's doing. Right? But He's forgiven because of these blessed gatherings. Right? This is the hadith. And then the other thing that I mentioned, the, 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 the first hadith, that there's four things that happen. First one is, uh, what's it called? Um, rahmah, the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala surrounds these people. Nazrat alayhim mustakina, The sakina, what happens? It, de- it descends upon these people. Right? What was the first one? Yeah, the angels surround it. And the last one was, Allah mentions about these people and brags about these people to who? Which angels? 
Jibreel, the archangels, right? Jibreel alayhi salam, the, the, the best friend of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi salam, Jibreel alayhi salam, Mikael alayhi salam. Do you guys, we know the significance of these angels, what, what they do? You said best friend? Yeah, Rasulullah, Jibreel alayhi salam, if you look at the hadith, right? Imagine like, you know, every time you, you have this connection with somebody, when you're coming and you're giving them revelation, right? Jibreel alayhi salam was literally, uh, you can describe it as the best friend of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi salam. I'm, ta- I'm talking about in, in terms of what's it called? Um, Abu Bakr was his companion, right? Was his companion, the Prophet. He said he has two friends, two wazirain fi dunya wa wazirani fi akhirah. That's what Rasulullah said. I have two wazirs here, two friends here, and two friends in the akhirah. My two friends here, Abu Bakr and Umar, and my two friends in the akhirah, Jibreel and Mikael. SubhanAllah, right? Imagine that. And every time Rasulullah would come, Jibreel would come to console him, right? In the battle of Badr, here comes Jibreel alayhi salam, right? Dressed up as if he's actually like physically going to fight, right? But he comes in on his horse. He's coming from the, uh, he's, he's descending to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi here knowing that even though the Muslims are outnumbered, who knows the numbers of the battle of Badr? 300. And then how many were the mushrikeen? 300,000. Now in my mind, or in anybody else's mind, how are we going to win this? How are we going to ca- get this dub, right? How are we going to win this? This match against the mushrikeen. But here comes Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam. Right? And all the aid from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help out Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasalam. That is a friend of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasalam. Jibreel alayhi salatu Right? So, any other questions? Or inshallah, should we conclude here? I think Haris, you're like, bro. <laughs> sure. You're like two, four hours. Hey, inshallah. Yeah, who? Who else was there? No, he, 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 he said finish out with a dua. Yeah. A dua? Okay, khayyid, inshallah. So, yeah, keep going. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll ask. <laughs> no, 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 he's a good brother, mashallah. Any, anybody have any other questions they might want to ask, inshallah, before we conclude? Make dua, inshallah. Huh? Any other questions, inshallah? All right, khair, let's, let's conclude it. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma tisalam, amunka salam, tabarak tarabbana wa ta'alayti ala jahil ikram. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana, wa fi al-akhirati hasana, wa qina adha bin ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا ودرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا المتقين إماما اللهم إنك عفو كريم تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم إنك عفو كريم تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم إنك عفو كريم تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم انفعنا بما علمتنا وعلمنا ما ينفعنا وزدنا علما اللهم انفعنا بما علمتنا وعلمنا ما ينفعنا وزدنا علما اللهم انفعنا بما علمتنا وعلمنا ما ينفعنا وزدنا علما ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكنا من الخاسرين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المسلمين الحمد لله رب العالمين